Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, this isn't what it looks like, chapter 16. Cass couldn't get used to seeing her so many jester hats. There were red ones and green ones and velvet ones and felt ones. There were oversized ones with long pointed, chop chop, with long pointed ends stretching out like antlers. There were some small eh, economical, but not more substantial than skull caps. Some had brass bowels, others silver, and yet wildly varied as the hats were, they were all Bore, they all bore a teasing resemblance to a certain hat that was hovering on the edge of her memory. There, the three pointy ends flapping and flopping this way and that. She'd seen a hat flipping, flap and flop just in that way. The bells jingling and jangling and all the wearers in every step. She'd heard bells jingle and jangle with that tone of, and timbre. She was more and more convinced that she must have found the jester at some point during her journey. Why else would the bells on the hats ring so many bells in her head? But where? When? What did he say? Things only got worse when they, when the camera obscura, a small round windowless structure that stood on a rise near the center of the fair, their guide, Opal, or Lady Fool, as she insisted upon being called, was wearing not only a jester hat, but also a diamond diamond pattern harlequin outfit, not like the jester might have worn. Although the truth cast can't imagine the jester's outfit being so decorated with rhinestones. As Opal uh, as Opal led their group onto the dark interior, their hats, hat bells taunting Cass with their jolly jingles, Cass suddenly remembered hearing the, the jester's bells jingle in a similar room a dungeon that was it the royal dungeon so she was right she had met the jester at least once or was her mind playing tricks on her the camera obscura was about the same size as the dungeon cell in Cass's memory but much more crowded and there were about three classrooms worth of kids and here one on the wall was eliminated with the exact image of the words out the world outside Opal stood in front of the wall, holding a stack of cue cards. You are now inside a camera, a big camera, she read, her nasally New York accent in full effect. In fact, this is the first kind of camera ever invented. Cass blinked, and then she looked at the image on the wall. She had a sense that there, that she was hanging on her feet, looking at the words upside down. The ground was the sky, and the sky was the ground. Costume fairs and wizard ca- capes. Fairy wings walked around in the dirt sky, apparently weightless. Is that picture upside down, or am I just dizzy or something? She whispered to her friends. Yo-Yoji grinned mischievously. What are you talking about? Looks right side up to me. That's not funny, whispered Max Ernest, who, 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 although a month had passed, had still half expected Cass to fall back into a coma any second. What if she really was dizzy? What if it could be a sign that something seriously was wrong? I think it's supposed to be like that, Cass. Oh, said Cass Ernest, only somewhat relieved. She hadn't wanted to tell her friends for fear that they would make her go home, <sighs> go home or worse, go to the hospital, but she was really not feeling like herself. It wasn't just the jester hats. All morning, ever since she'd woken up from the dream about the green eyes, 
she had the sensation that she was in two places at once, or maybe she was between two places. It was hard to pinpoint the sensation exactly. You see that little hole? Opal pointed to a quarter-sized hole on the wall opposite her. Lights streamed out, and every cone were as if, uh, as if it were the lens in a movie projector. Lights traveled in a straight line so that when light rays passed through the small hole, like that one, Rays crossed and flipped the image upside down. I bet you can make those yourself, said Yoyoji. It might be helpful in the stakeout. Silence! We will not tolerate any more noise, said Miss Johnson, who was standing at the side of the room, flanked by Amber and Veronica, her ladies-in-waiting. Pray continue, Lady Fool. Yes, your majesty, said Opal. Such rudeness in your royal presence momentarily shocked me in silence. The secretary bowed and continued reading. In the Renaissance and after, artists may even, art, artists, even many very famous ones, used cameras, camera obscuras in order to paint more naturalistic, naturalistically. They traced the image as it was projected. Somebody gasped dramatically at the darkness. Then they traced it? So you're saying all those famous artists cheated? She cried out. It was Amber. She hadn't seemed outraged as gleeful at thought. In fact, this was Max Ernest, and it had been what Max Ernest had been thinking. But hearing Amber say it made him wonder if she, if it might be not be wrong. What is what is the cheating? Pietro's words rang in the head. There's no cheating in magic, only in poker. A few feet away, Benjamin Blank coughed and started mumbling. Yellow cheating pencil, orange. Oven, what's that, Benjamin? Do you have something to say to your schoolmates? asked Opal. He humble he mumbled again, and then the crowd of students of students tittered. Max Ernest started pushing his way through to Benjamin. Ever since the night that Cass woke up from her coma, Benjamin had been trying to talk to Max Ernest as well as to Cass and Yoyoji, but they'd all given him what is known as the cold shoulder, for obvious reasons. As far as Max Ernest could tell, how However, to blow the head from Yo-Yo-Yoji's guitar had cured Benjamin. He was no longer the suave, insouciant dandy. He was old, inarticulate, artistic, synthetic self. Hopefully, this meant he was no longer under the midnight sun's spell. Oh, maybe he was under a spell, pay. That makes sense. I don't know why I'm doing this for you, Max whispered. You owe me. Then he started to translate, translating for the room at large. Ben says that the artist didn't cheat, that the camera obscura is a tool and it's like a writer using a computer instead of a pencil or a cook using an oven, I guess, as opposed to a campfire. Miss Johnson wasn't buying it. Perhaps... I am old-fashioned, but we are with our lady-in-waiting, and cheating is cheating, she said huffily. Sounded, she sounded rather as if she were about to march out of the camera obscura in protest. Instead, she walked in front of the illuminated wall. Upside-down images of the outside world flitted across the wall. Upside-down images on the outside flitted across her, making her tiara on her head sparkle and the black pendant around her neck gleam. With so much else to see, nobody seemed to notice that the pendant was floating ever so slightly in the air. Next thing you know, they'll be defending forgery, she declared, panting down her pendant. 
patting down her pendant. Now, students, I I mean, we want you to start ex- to start exiting quietly in single file and not in a bunch like a bunch of heathens. The small room erupted in noise, and all the students tried to leave all at once. Um, out this way, Ben tugged on Max Ernest's sleeve. Thank me later, said Max Ernest, pushing away from him. Can't talk right now. What? What's the sound of Max? What's that sound around Miss Johnson's neck? You asked Cass when Max Ernest rejoined her and Yo-Yoji. With the clamor around them, she could speak almost normally without being overheard. Yeah, what does it look? Why does it look like it's floating? Asked Yo-Yoji. Because it is, asked, said Max Ernest. It's a lodestone, a naturally occurring magnet. Cass started scratching her head. I knew that, but how did I know that? Miss Johnson is obsessed with magnets now. She should have heard, you should have heard her talking about them when I went to give her the tuning fork. Cass took, Cass took the double monocle out of her pocket, serotypishly. It uh, and looked at the lodestone pendant through it. Although there were at least half of a dozen arms as shoulders in the way, the monocle gave her a clear view as she started to, as she stared at the black stone. It glowed blue and appeared to pulsate. Cass felt a tug on her monocle and pulled pulled the lodestone. A match tu- a ma- and a match matching tug on her memory. I've seen that before," said Cast, amazed to see another object of her journey into the past appear in the present. It looks different, bigger, rougher, but it's the same stone. The sense of being in two places at once intensified. Suddenly, she couldn't bear it any longer. I'm feeling totally claustrophobic. I have to get out of here right now. Before her friends could stop her, she pushed her way through the crowd and rushed um, and rushed out of the room. Excited whispers followed in her wake. Does that is that's the girl that was in the coma, right? Do you think she's okay? Maybe she's having a relapse. She's going to be fine, said Max Ernest angrily. Then he started pushing his way way out after her. Yo-Yo-Ji followed. Yo, guys, wait up. You know you might actually need need me sometime. Okay, that's the end. Well, that's not the end, but that's three chapters. So we get to take a break. See you guys tonight. Bye. Bye.